0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Bluminati podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Bond. Joined alongside me as always, Seth Farnador and Robert Steeg. And a whole bunch to get to tonight uh, as we kick off, what, two Mondays left before the season opener? Three
1: Mondays? Three Mondays, right? Three Mondays, like 19 days or something like that. I don't know.
0: (laughs) Time's flying, folks. Time's flying. Um, Let's get to, I guess, the topic at large is USF head coach Jeff Scott on Monday morning announced that Baylor transfer quarterback Gary Bohannon had won the quarterback competition over Timmy McClain and others. And he is now QB1 for the 2022 season for the Bulls. Look at that. You get a cool graphic. Introducing QB1, Gary Bohannon, hashtag US2F, hashtag horns up, and quite frankly, what had all but been a lock since he got here in May, if we're going to be completely candid here, folks, uh, you don't, we said it in May when the, the edition was announced, you don't make, you don't pull the trigger on bringing in someone like Gary Bohannon to have him ride the pine. This was a win-now move, and uh, it's really kind of cemented the win-now move by the follow-up news that Tim McClain has entered the transfer portal and probably in the swiftest and quickest <laughs> thing that's ever happened at USF, he's already off the online roster. So uh, where, do you, where do you guys want to start? I mean, obviously – USF has a QB one. It'll be there. No, no. Scroll back up. No, no, no. no, no. So, I want to start. Uh, I want to start with this tweet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Seth, could you read that tweet for the audience, um, and, and you know, then let us know who yes. wrote it and what kind of
2: fool would say something like that. USF is in good hands for the foreseeable future with Gary this year and Timmy providing himself as a serviceable backup and leader after this season. Let's go Bulls! At Robert Steglock. What's up?
0: <laughs> Steak, has so any exciting. take has any take of yours ever been cold has oh, ever, has any take yeah. been as cold <laughs> as it's been in in the shortest amount of time possible ever I'm i mean oh in oh, the shortest amount of time
1: yeah that that was like record, uh, record I could, timing.
2: uh i mean i could reference you back to last week but now that even that take is, is starting to uh warm up a little bit
1: yeah, my, <laughs> I somehow went from like irre- irredeemably bad take last week into an even worse take this week. That somehow made last week's take actually somewhat palatable. <laughs> um, it's it's incredible the the long play that I just had there, uh, and and luckily the internet never forgets anything. So you know I'll, I'll ride the uh, I'll ride the L there. I had I had heard inklings of uh, some. Shaking wagon wheels at some point in the morning, and I was like, uh, like I, the the person I was speaking to about it was pretty candid and was like, yeah, Timmy mcclain Senior is pretty upset. And then I saw Timmy mcclain Senior's tweet like shortly thereafter. He, he probably posted it like probably like two or three minutes after I did or something. And I was like, ah shit, I should probably delete my tweet. But I was like, nah. I I don't think it's that big of a deal. You know, I I didn't, I was, I usually will will give like a half ass, like, you know, boomer ass reply sometimes on, you know, the, the tweeters to, 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 uh, spark the masses back up. And then, uh, when I got the, uh, the news, like maybe two minutes before Timmy entered the portal and he was going to enter the portal, I was like, I should probably delete my tweet now. Uh, and then I was like, you know what? I didn't. I didn't back let down ride, last baby. week. I'm letting it ride, baby. I'm letting that shit ride, and I, I'll never let it die.
2: Now, this does not seem to be a uh, possible Travis Marsh situation where you go in and come back out. Right? We're we're pretty positive with him being ripped off the roster swiftly that this is not a come back out of the portal or do you, or do you think that's a it, possibility? It sure. It sure
0: feels like this is a, uh, thank you for your service. Uh, good luck in all your future endeavors kind of situation. Um, I don't think, I don't think Jeff Scott's going to be clamoring to bring Timmy back in.
2: Uh, you think, uh, you think Timmy saw, the uh, the contract that Travis Marsh signed when he came back, it was like, you know what? I'm not. <laughs> I'm good. I'll take my chances.
0: Pretty much. And, I mean, Travis Marsh, Trey Marsh, just playing the absolute long game here. I mean, by default, he's QB number two. I mean, real,
1: real Alex Moran type stuff right here from oh, Trey Marsh. Just. Ford, 4D Chester and Trey Marsh. but really, Galaxy really, Brain by Jordan Smith. <laughs> Is is the real discussion here.
2: Yeah, we were is we were it? talking about earlier today. If 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 something happens to Marsh and then they decide they don't want to burn red shirts or something or play the true freshman too early. Steve Tradamus
1: coming in with his pick at quarterback. One <laughs> one one touchdown is all I ask for from Jordan Smith. And, I, and then I will forever I, I'll never let you guys forget that.
2: Well, I mean we're we're at my best-case scenario is tying you. <laughs> <at quarterback.
0: laughs> yeah. Let's let's kind of break down the Gary Bill Hainan. I think that's kind of the... I mean, it's obviously the, mo- the more important thing because he's still on the team. Um, does this news change your trajectory for the season? I, it still feels like four wins is the baseline. Maybe creep up to five. Maybe steal a sixth game here, but it seems like really on the surface level in a vacuum, nothing's really changed for the Bulls as we head into September
2: 3rd versus BYU at 4 p.m. Eastern. I think I, my mind would have been more changed if it lingered longer. I, I think this is kind of was as soon as he came on campus, obviously they're going to have a competition. And I don't think and that's another thing we can touch on later. I don't the competition wasn't only in camp. I think a lot of people are like there was a week they did Timmy wrong. The competition was as soon as Bohannon stepped on campus. It started. Yep. Um, but we, we can talk about that more later. But I, my expectations haven't really changed because I anticipated he was going to start as soon as he got here. It, it certainly seemed like it was going to happen and it has happened now. So uh, my expectations have not really changed. It's still, not, unfortunately, you're coming in with a really just killer schedule, especially out of conference. If you could flip <laughs> schedules from uh, next year and this year, Right. probably feeling pretty good about going to a bowl game, but alas, you can't do that. And Steve, this seems like a win-now move for the
0: Bulls with Gary Brohannon. I mean, it started out that like that in, in May. Uh, w- w- your thoughts on, you know, does it really change anything for, for the Bulls, you know, either this year or, or next, quite frankly?
1: I, I think actually Eric put it really well for what I was going to say. I, I think it actually solidifies at least a little bit more of the the like the, the 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 talking in the background of oh you know you have two serviceable quarterbacks you know if shit hits the fan against BYU at what point you know do you pull would you pull QB1 Gary if it if it was Timmy or whoever it was about, kind of about always would four ha- drives in <laughs> <laughs> yeah you would always have that doubt of at what point would Jeff Scott pull the trigger and start the other guy <clears throat> and so now at least you don't really have that option, which might be better for Jeff Scott and in, in his tenure. I, I think, you know, we we never really had solidified QB1, solidified QB2 quite like this, you know, coming into his first year with, with Jordan McLeod and Noah Johnson and Cade Ford. And, and you kind of had a carousel there. And then last year, of course, you have Jaron Williams. You have... Um, if. You have Kate Fortin. You know, you never, you never really were able to solidify. You know, the the roles at least. So now you can kind of take. Okay, you know, Gary's got to be the guy. There's no if ands or buts about it. There's no hey, we gotta, we gotta. You know, see if Trey Marsh has something in him at least a little bit. You know, you're you're basically putting it all in. And I think that makes it a little bit easier for the staff. You know, I I think you can kind of get flustered in the moment of, you know, Mm -hmm. if, if God forbid Gary you know, throws a pick on like the second drive or third drive or something like that, you know, you might have the option of saying, okay, Gary, you know, you, you don't got to worry, you know, you don't have to look over your shoulder here, um, you know, shake it mm-hmm. off, pat pat yourself on the back, look at the playbook again, talk with your receivers, figure out what happened and then go back out there and and and, and get it that way.
0: And I I think to to your point right there, there's no really that looking over the shoulder situation you know last year I, I we we started hearing it in fall camp and then through like the the USF luncheon that happens uh, on Wednesday uh, a year ago at this time it was you know Cade's going to start but Timmy is the guy Timmy's the future he's the he's the best guy on the roster he's just too raw right now and I think now with Timmy gone it's clear Gary is the number one Trey Marsh is. The clear number two and then the freshman and Jordan Smith are just going to fight for for the scraps, quite frankly. And I, I think having that official pecking order really kind of solidifies everything else in place. Steve and, and Seth, you both have talked about it over the last year about having to kind of implement different offenses for whatever quarterback happened to be on the field at that given time. You know, there's a different Playset uh, call sheet for when Cade was on the field. There was a different, you know, call sheet when when No Johnson was on the field back in the day. Especially for Timmy Trey Marsh, it's kind of clear cut, and it also stabilizes the offensive line. Now, you know Trey Jacobs and Donovan Jennings aren't flip flopping. You've got your set, you know, order of offensive line. It's the getting the pieces in, and you know, I, I know Jeff Scott sh- shouldn't have the leash that he does with the quarterback room specifically, but I think him sticking to his guns prior to fall camp saying, Hey, we want someone, we want to name QB one after the first scrimmage so they can get the reps heading into BYU. And him sticking to that plan is this uh, to me, at least is the step in the right direction that you want to see from this coaching staff is I, we're sticking to our guns. This is going to be our guy. And, Let the chips fall where they may in regards to if someone transfers out.
1: As livid. Go ahead. um, I was going to say, as livid as some people were about how this all unfolded, I would have been equally as livid had they tabled this and said, "Oh, we need another week, right, to to decide this." That (laughs) we we saw someone's meltdown today in in our Slack channel. That would have been me. Had they not done this, <laughs> I, I I would have been beside myself. I'd have been like, "This, we we got to have this discussion now because you're just delaying the inevitable at this point." And in fact, it, it, semantics aside of how you know this entire thing went down, they did the thing that they needed to do, which was we talked about it beforehand, and, and the entire time in the entire offseason, they needed to bring in a veteran guy, someone who could potentially compete for the starting job, push uh, Timmy where he needed to to go and here we are now week one, we have our solidified starter. The ends justified the means at this point.
2: Yeah. And Timmy leaving may save Jeff Scott from himself because he is kind of, uh, quick to pull quarterbacks. It seems like, and play musical chairs, the position. So no, uh, no proven backup really. I mean, has played all right, but, uh, you know, now now you're gonna you kinda gotta ride with Bohanan, which I think is the right decision. One thing this also says, I've seen a couple people say in the chat, Bill G said it as well. And we've been saying this since the transfer was official. In my mind, as soon as they took Bohanan, that signaled to me that they were very comfortable with Byron Brown, mm-hmm. that they thought he could be a, the guy going forward. So they didn't really care if they lost one of the quarterbacks ahead of him. Because if they do whatever, you get Bohannon for one year, probably two, and then Byron Brown takes over, and you're now you're up, you're you're good. Only one guy can play, so it's nice to have good depth. But if you feel really good about one of your young guys, then okay, it's not as much of a risk to bring in Bohannon. If you're, you know, I can bring in Bohannon, and if Marsh or McLean leaves, well, I got Byron Brown here. He's going to be ready to go in a year, and it really seems like they really like him. He's tested great or he, he did great all year in grit score. He was a uh, top 10 uh, on the team. I think he was number four on the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in Summer. Yeah. Bohannon was second. Uh, so, you know, that shows you something right there as well. But I think that's also signals that they feel really comfortable with the young guys they have at quarterback, even even the class after McLean.
1: Right.
0: Yeah. It's it just, it makes Total sense. I mean, you still have what five scholarship quarterbacks on the roster. It's not like in you know the end of 2018 where Sterling Gilbert basically forces out two guys who had multiple years left uh, to play football. With Brett Keene, transferring to Charlotte, uh, Chris Oladokin ending up at uh, Sanford and then ultimately going to South Dakota State, where he's now you know he was he was drafted into the NFL, and now he's you know vying for a QB spot with the Pittsburgh Steelers it's there's at least there's the cupboard's not bare here. If you have someone like Timmy leave, you still, you still have five options. And, and, you know, I think that's where USF got into trouble in in 2019, 2018 is they, they ran out of options and they're trotting out Kirk Reigel. And, you know, we love Kirk Reigel on this, year podcast, but you're not going to win games with Kirk Reigel playing quarterback. And I think, I think you saw that. And then in 2020, it was just Jeff Scott trying to restock the quarterback room with whatever was available at that moment. And it took him a long time to get Noah Johnson to even at least agree to bring Noah Johnson in just just because of how things played out. And in 2021, you go in and bring a guy in and Jaron Williams who's not even playing football anymore kate Fortin walked on at arkansas it, it, it's such a crap shoot at least i feel comfortable with the five guys that are still in this qb room i feel more comfortable about this room than i than i have in the last four years at usf regar- regardless of timmy leaving and then what's kind of surprising to me is uh, we we love timmy right fantastic player he he Gave USF some spark last season, but I mean, he, he threw five touchdowns and seven interceptions. And like Gary put up numbers in the Big 12 in primetime spots. He won the Big 12. <laughs> Go to my. Room. He won, the, he won the Big 12 and won the Sugar Bowl. Like, this is no slouch. This isn't some Brando transfer coming in from, you know, Nevada or something to take in a spot. This is a legitimate starter. And, you know, Blake Shapin was just a better fit for Baylor for this season going forward. They're closer to winning a national championship game than USF is by far. But and, Gary just elevates everything for the Bulls.
2: And, um, uh, Steve, go! My my kid came in the room and totally blew my train. <laughs> of, totally blew my train of thought.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, I mean, it's it it's a difficult situation to kind of stomach, but it was like we kind of mentioned there it, it was going to happen one way or another. But like the cupboard's not bare at this at this stage of Jeff Scott's tenure by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, he did exactly what we needed, what we had kind of been hinting that he had been needing to do. When he came into USF after year one, and you know, we watched the team trot out there during that COVID year, we were like, "Shit, he needs to inject talent into this roster top to bottom as soon as possible." And he did that. You know, it it, it took the it took the transfers, it took the the young guys. He took you know, he's he's getting picky with the guys that he's been offering out of high school, and, and it's for a reason. But like it, at some point. You know, there's going to be attrition, especially in a, a room as fragile as a quarterback's room. You know, it's this isn't just a USF problem either. I mean, you looked over the last, I think, 48 hours. Western Kentucky had their had a had basically the deciding factor, of their quarterback controversy. It was uh, Austin Reed, their transfer from West Florida, and then Garrett Doge from West Virginia. And, um, you know, Austin Reed won that battle. Garrett Doug hit the portal like shortly thereafter, you know, and and this is going to happen the rest of the week. The more and more that these position battles are decided, whether it's a quarterback, wide receiver, linebacker, whomever it is, there's going to be attrition. That's kind of the nature of, of yeah. Miles Brennan class of what, 2015, I think. Like he, he's been at school for a long time and he got a few medical waivers, but retires from football. Like it, this is just the nature of leading up to the beginning of camp and the new age of football that we're in right now. So, you know, it, it sucks. It's terrible. I hate it. I hate losing a player that, you know, did so much for USF last year, but you gotta, you gotta move forward at this point. You have QB one, you've got a game in, in less than three weeks. All eyes are going to be on that game. You know, it's 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 a monumental moment for Jeff Scott to kind of solidify this praise and this talk that he's been saying that the team's different, the team's different. You know, there's more talent. Here's your chance to prove it.
2: Yeah, and Miles Brennan's not the first person Brian Kelly's made retire prematurely, um, <clears throat> or in their career prematurely. Uh, I was going, I was going to say, I, I was, I had a, a guest on last week. Um, talking about the transfer portal and quarterback is the spot where you can get, it has the most transfers and the most high quality transfers. So if for some reason, Bohannon were to have a great year and leave, which I think if Bohannon is going to the draft, that means USF had a really good year. So you, you'd almost take that deal, I think, but uh, the transfer portal is the you can get quarterbacks through there. It, it's not quite as dire as, well, Bohannon leaves. We got a bunch of young guys. Well, you, you can go get another old guy too if you need to. So right. the transfer portal at quarterback position is that's it's not like you're looking for an offensive tackle or something. Quarterback, there's going to be plenty of quality options there. Yep,
0: agreed. And I, I think Jeff Scott has shown that he can get guys to come here. You know, from the transfer portal, uh, especially quarterback, and you know sometimes they hit, sometimes they don't. So I'm not really worried about if if Gary leaves after one season. I don't think he would leave to go go up play up a level. I think he'd only be leaving to go to the draft. I, but it doesn't, it just doesn't make sense to me why he would just stay for one
1: year and bounce. That's a pain in the ass to move like that too. Again,
2: like I think, and and he's also part of the collective, so he's 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 getting some money there. But if, if he's has a good enough year that he's comfortable going into the draft, then USF is definitely in a bowl game,
1: right? (laughs) If, 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 if Gary Bohannon is like sneaking into like the top 10, top five of like the NFL draft boards, as far as quarterbacks go, I don't give a fuck at that point. (laughs) Yeah. you, You probably, you probably won eight games. Yeah, like fantastic. That's a that'd be a hell of a resume. Hey, NFL scouts, I turned around two two and X loss football teams. One it was two and ten. They were both yeah. They were both two and ten. Two and ten. I I turned around two two and ten football programs. You guys went two and fifteen last year. (laughs) Sign me up. So future Jacks quarterback Gary (laughs) Bohanna. No, don't put that curse on me.
0: So I, I, I think we've kind of covered it with from the Gary Bohan angle is like doesn't really affect much. Let's kind of go long term uh and, and kind of focus on on Timmy McLean. He was a, he was a prized recruit for for Jeff Scott coming into last season. Him and, and Jimmy Horn, they were not quite a package deal, but pretty close to a package deal. Uh what does this do for for timmy going to the future where i mean steve you i think you said it on, on twitter today um what 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 good does it really do if you're just sitting out a year anyway why not you and seth you said it, you're kind of at your lowest value right now yeah you just lost it you just lost the starting job you weren't particularly great last season what value does timmy have in the open market right now for, for any FBS or FCS
1: team, right? It's, it's, it's tough because he's, he's got an incredibly high ceiling to him. Um, but Elliot, I think was the one that said it. He's, he's, he's got a lot of talent. He's kind of that typical, you know, group of five FCS quarterback that can run around and, and make plays and extend plays when it needs to. And, um, a few people were likening him to Jordan Travis from Florida state, you know, those guys have their place in, in college football. But the problem is now is that you did it now rather than, you know, potentially waiting until after the season, getting some additional film on yourself, maybe, you know, having a communication with the staff, Hey, I want to be able to keep my red shirt this year so I can keep three years of eligibility and then, you know, go after the season, wherever life takes you there. But when you do it now, you're kind of limiting your options a little bit, at least from the optics of it all. Because not many schools are going to want to try to take a quarterback or bring in a quarterback right now. Unless some sort of dire injury happens and you need to bring in more competition. I know that there was a bunch of UCF fans saying, oh, you know, Timmy McLean, come on back home. First off, UCF has as many quarterbacks as we do right now they're in their own version of what we just went through with uh John Reese Pumbley and Mikey Keene, you know, veteran guy got brought in, true freshmen's kind of looking not so good. You know, who knows what's going to happen there, but then at that point, you're still going to have five quarterbacks left over. So that's not really an option. Most other schools are kind of filled up on scholarships right now. At least if, if, you know, someone transfers out, you could replace them there, but you know, I'd, I'd hate to say it, but his only really, you know, best option right now is to go the JUCO route. You know, rebuild up because you can get the immediate eligibility. Hopefully, get some film and, and get some good playing time there, and then kind of restart it and see if uh, you know you can put together a good enough resume to you know get back into the Group of Five, you know, FCS kind of realm. I, I don't think he would get kind of picked up by any Power Five programs. Um, you know. It's unfortunate because, like I said, his ceiling is really high, but he's at his floor right now. Losing a QB competition and dipping out immediately doesn't really bode well most times for true freshmen.
2: Yeah, looking back at his recruiting profile, he was offered by USF, Boston College, Charlotte, Coastal Carolina. I heard he's not a good fit there though. In Colorado State, um, Coastal Carolina would be interesting if he's gonna if he was gonna go somewhere. Uh, that would fit him, I think. I think that's what he needs to look for, his scheme fit. Mm-hmm. I think he would fit very well there, uh, despite what some experts have said in our Slack. <laughs> uh, I think Costa would be a good fit for him. Charlotte would be interesting. Uh, Soon-to-be conference mate, Charlotte. Uh, I'm sure that wouldn't freak everyone out. <laughs>
1: And then, I mean, the, I the USF to Charlotte uh, I pipeline to, has begun.
2: I talked to Steg about what if if he transferred to FAU, would the fan bases blow a gasket collectively?
1: Oh, that'd I'd be pretty like, good. I just I would I, enjoy. I don't that. know. Like I'd have to look around at like different scholarship counts, but like the that's his that's the biggest problem right now for him is like who has a scholarship available. Like. <laughs> At this point, most people are, most of the coaching staffs are awarding walk on scholarships at this point.
2: Yeah. I think he would, I think he'd be best served staying and just riding out the year and, and then jumping in the portal in December where people are a lot. And then, if, especially if he gets some shots, to, I'm sure he'll get chances to play this year. And I think this offense would help him. Um, what kind of showcases skills a little bit better than the previous one. It seems like it's made for, it's going to make things easier on the quarterback. So at least that's the hope and, and the the thought now. So you could probably showcase some stuff, but leaving right now, you don't get that chance. And like, you know, we had kind of alluded to, it seems like you're going out on the market at your lowest value uh, because you didn't have a great, I think if you watch him play, you feel different than if you just go back and look at his numbers. He did not have a great year statistically. Uh, He did a lot of stuff and kept USF in some games that they may not have been otherwise, but you go back and look at the numbers and they're not great. Like, uh, you know, a lot of people are kind of, I've heard a lot of people, a lot of Mikey Keen slander, his numbers were far and away better than McLean's last year. So, you know, he's going to transfer to UCF uh, over and, Start over him and Plumlee, who came from Ole Miss. You know, it's kind—it's of, kind of Gus Malzahn's, uh, you know, prototype quarterback right. almost. So I, I don't know. He—he's got—he's obviously got talent. He's a talented player. Um, he got a lot put on him last year, and, I, and that's something we said is I thought they put way too much on his back last year. They threw the ball a ton down. They the threw track. the ball like forty or fifty times against Houston. One of the best defenses in the country. are going to say, hey, drop back 40 times and throw the ball. Good luck. I, I thought they did a bad job last year with him. Mm-hmm. So they didn't do any favors to him last year. But I, I think it's premature to say that they didn't treat him fairly in terms of this competition. The competition starts as soon as Bo walks on campus. When you hear Jeff Scott talking about, yeah, I... W- we, uh, you know, somebody told us there was one car in the parking lot on Memorial Day. It was Gary Bohannon. You look at the grit score, top 10, Gary Bohannon every week. Byron Brown, top 10 every week. Timmy McLean, not in the top, didn't see him in the top 10 one time. So it's, 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 not, it's that's not to say like, he's not a hard worker.
0: Or but it's he just he like be Gary, 11,
2: but. Yeah, but Gary consistently and those grit scores measure, you know, work ethic and leadership. Those are pretty important at the quarterback position. So, and, you got, you got, you want your quarterback to be a leader and one of your harder workers and and a guy that motivates others to get better, which is what that four, you yeah. know, if you're getting a four in the grit score, that's your, you're, you're helping others better themselves as well. So, he comes in with kind of a pro like attitude and, and he's, he's a vet. So, he comes in as a, with a veteran attitude. Uh, you know, we've seen the chat, like he's, he's, he's comes in, he's got a notebook, he's ready to go. He's vocal. He, he's, he's a good leader. I think he brings everything you want. It is not necessarily a slight to Timmy that he right. just comes in as more prepared because he's an older guy too.
0: It, it, honestly, he brings a, a he lends a, a sense of. I don't know. Accomplishment maybe or confidence. Um it just seems like he just, he has it, you know, I mean, it's so abstract, whatever it is like for a quarterback, but it it, it truly does seem like Gary has whatever it is to be a leader and a quarterback. And he just, he lends that air of confidence and assurance to that and stability that you need at the quarterback position from a guy who's literally done it at one of the highest levels in college football. And it, it just makes a lot of sense why players have started to gravitate toward him, why the coaching staff brought him in in the first place in may after seeing, seeing spring, like the spring game wasn't Timmy's finest hour. I mean, it, it kind of, no. it, it kind of, if we started, go back to the spr- if we then. go
2: back to the spring game, everyone's talking about, is this Travis marsh is Travis marsh going to be the starter. So, you know, maybe why, why is anybody saying could Travis Mark did, Marsh didn't get a fair shake in
1: this quarterback competition? Why didn't I Jordan mean, Smith get a fair shake in this quarterback <laughs> competition is what we're really getting at here.
2: So, I mean, if you, if you want to look at it like that, Marsh, Marsh in the spring game. Now, obviously that's not the whole spring. They have practices, but Marsh, he played well in the spring. He played just about as well, or if not better than Timmy did in the spring game. So why, why didn't, why isn't Travis Marsh, why is this not fair to him? Yeah. and they, they know, all had the chance to compete and I think you know Bohannon just it's you know he's an older guy he's more he's more mature he's more veteran he's done it. he's been there done that and I don't know if there's a single thing right now that Timmy does better than
1: him spelling his name properly
2: <laughs> that, that could be, that's more of a parent a parental yeah. Issue. yeah that's such yeah. Right. That,
0: that, that some parent tree uh, but it, it just, it just makes so much sense. And I feel for Timmy, uh, you know, his, I understand, you know, his dad was upset. They didn't get a fair shake and, you know, parents, that's what parents are supposed to do. I feel, um, you know, whenever Olivia tries to take a starting job, uh, for a woman's basketball, uh, in 2035 or whatever, and doesn't get a fair shake, I'm going to be calling for Jose's head. It's really, I mean, that's just basically what it comes down to at this point. Um, so it, it just makes sense. It, it, it seems harsh, but like if I were Timmy, I would have simply just won the starting job.
2: <laughs> that I mean, like that's on the table. It's <laughs> yeah. allowed to happen. Like we we've seen it where
0: you bring the transfer in and the guy's not it. Like we've literally seen it like last year.
2: So it, it just it it seems like every single thing Bohan has just been a little bit better, a little bit sharper. Um, you know, we heard in the scrimmage that Timmy had some a couple some tough times at times in the scrimmage with turnovers and you know I mean you look at every single measurable we have on this team the grit score that's from the strength coach and the coaches Gary wins that you, they had they put out the top speeds during the summer Gary was faster his top speed was higher than Timmy McLean's top speed so it's like every single metric it seems to be that he won it and that's no slight to Timmy it's just that Gary's at this point further along in his career and he seems to be the guy that needs to take the job and he he, he went out and took it
1: and and it, it makes sense at least because from timmy's point of view like yeah i'd be kind of pissed too that you know you brought in this like this guy came in because language properly here gary came in you know the was like yes please you know this is reciprocated please come in and help us uh, but like it, it just seemed like every time that you know Timmy did something impressive or Timmy did something good, you could always you know kind of see a little bit more from Gary that was doing better, and that's got to be super frustrating from a guy that you know started nine games or eight games or nine games as a true freshman last year. Like yeah, you can kind of you can kind of hope and assume that that starting job is going to be yours again going into the next season. But let's be frank, we won two games last year no starting job was going to be safe on this team aside from maybe Dwayne Boyles and and Antonio Greer's job. You know, I, I think that's the reason why they went so aggressive in this portal is we won two games last year. We needed to inject more competition into this team because what happened last year wasn't good enough and bringing in a bunch of freshmen that aren't going to play, isn't going to do it either. And for the most part, most of the team took to that competition very well. And, you know, you know, when you bring a guy in like DJ Gordon with Antonio Greer and, and Dwayne Boyles and there's only two linebacker spots, you know, DJ Gordon recognized what his role is and, and so did Jalen uh, Schuler, and so did the DBs that got brought in and the offensive linemen that got brought in and the running backs that got brought in and the wide receivers that got brought in. Everyone has a role on this team for this team to be successful next year. You know, they're going all in on this. this it sucks that, you know, a guy... Almost it seems like got his feelings hurt that you know this this happened to him and that he feels like or at least from his dad's point of view that he didn't get a fair shake at this shit that that happens in the NFL every single week every single day. new guys get brought in
2: this happens at every this happens at every level of football yeah the whole the whole the whole thing the making sure guys are in camp so they can't transfer that happens in high school you'll you'll hear I've heard coaches yeah. at school say, Just let me get him to camp and then he can't leave. You know, like, like you, you, it happens everywhere. So, you know, I, I don't think the, the unfair treatment thing really flies. And I, you know, I bet, I bet Timmy wasn't upset when Choffrey Brown transferred in to take Sean Atkins spot. He probably didn't think, Hey, that's not fair. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's, it's the same thing. Like if you can upgrade at a position, that's the coach's job. Because let's not forget coaches get fired for losing. They have to pick up their families and move if you lose too much. They've lost a lot. Players don't have to leave for that. They've lost a lot. So yes, their job is to win games and provide a good environment for their players to grow as men and players. If they're doing that, then that's all you can ask of them. And it seems to be they're they're doing that, and now they just got to do the win games part. And if they think Gary Bohannon is starting, we'll help them win more games. I think Jeff Scott's got a pretty nice house down here. Probably doesn't have to move anytime soon.
0: Yeah, I mean it. It really boils down like it's so. Like I said, it's so simplistic. Like if he didn't want this to happen, he should have just won the job. And, and like it's it's callous, but that's just you know that's it, it, that it's it's forget about it, man. It's Chinatown. I don't know what to tell you. Like that's just kind of what hap- That's what happens in this game. And, and you know if Timmy had won the starting job you know, Gary could have transferred. It doesn't matter. What's it, what's so mind blowing to me, but you know, I'm not in his head is he's in the same position he was last year where he's literally a play away or, and God knows knowing this coaching staff, it could be (laughs) two series. Like it literally, like he, USF could go three and out, three and out on the first two series of the, of the game versus BYU. And then Timmy's back in. So like, unless they're like, we're going to ride Gary until the wheels fall off or he gets hurt. And I'm like, no matter what happens, there's nothing that you can do. That's going to make us change our mind during the season. Then I, I kind of understand him leaving but like you, you're, you're QB 2 You're literally a play away. You're a bad half away with this coaching staff of being QB one again. And now you're, as we said, you're going, you're leaving at, literally the worst possible time for your for your value. A, a terrible, terrible brand management by Timmy on that in that in that regard.
2: Yeah. I mean I mean hopefully he comes he he pulls himself out of the portal and can add to his value and then kind of try to maximize his jump. Because right now it's just tough. So I, I don't I don't know. Uh it just seems like a bad time to leave. It really does especially if, you know, Well, it'll be interesting. This is not necessarily a a slight at Timmy or anything, but go back and listen to when Bohannon transferred from Baylor, what Aranda said about Bohannon. It was very interesting how highly he thought of him, how basically he named a starting quarterback after spring, so he had a chance to transfer. I'll be interested to see what Jeff Scott says tomorrow on this situation. If this is something he anticipated – and, and was trying his hardest to hold off or is this just kind of, uh, was he surprised or, you know, is is this something that they thought may happen because they did seem to slow play quite a few things to just make sure that this didn't boil over before they decided it on the field.
0: Yeah. Uh, Tuesday's, uh, press conference with, with Jeff Scott, Jeff Scott and, and Gary Hannon is going to be really interesting. Uh, to, to listen to. Um, I hope there's some clarity in the conversation. I'm sure there's going to be, you know, we're going to keep some private stuff, private, what have you, but you, you, you kind of got to explain what happened. It seemed like, you know, last week at this time, Hey, we've got two guys, we're comfortable, you know, going into the season, whoever wants to start job, we've got a guy right behind him that we're, who's more than capable of playing and and winning games for us. And now you're, you're down a guy almost what three hours after you announced the starting quarterback position, at least not even it was like 45 minutes. (laughs) Yeah. Like at least I'm sure he, he probably put his name in the portal last night when the team was told, like they knew, they knew yesterday, they announced it today to the public, but they knew team meetings yesterday evening, yesterday morning. Um, I I doubt they, they let, let on um, more than more than that. Um, it, and it. what's again, what's also surprising to me is USF's turnaround time and getting him into the portal, getting him into the portal where I think they have like 48 hours to actually put him into the portal. And he was in within hours, which good job by them uh, to get him going. And I'm sure his phone's been blown up nonstop since then. But then also having them scrub from the website. I mean, just top tier stuff from from USF on uh, the speed that had
1: not been seen uh, for quite some time. That might be the turnaround that we've been looking at. Like That's you know we were talking about his you know Jeff Scott's decision making and his game management. Uh, you know I, I think that's that's indicative <laughs> of of the turnaround here. Is,
2: Confident decision making. You know, who
1: who was it a few years ago that got into a little bit of legal trouble? I don't want to you know say the exact wording of it, but they were on the website for like two weeks after Kayvon Dingle. Yes. Uh,
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Uh, we won't talk about that story too much, but like, yes, USF has historically been pretty slow
0: to move. Very Literally. He was on the roster until I asked about why he was still on the roster. And then they were like, Oh, he's not oh, on the roster. Shit.
1: Change it. Change it.
0: Right. So like, so it just kind of, it's interesting to me uh, how quickly mm-hmm. they moved. They've
2: moved on. Hey, speaking of being slow with stuff on the opposite end there, what about this? Oh, really? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so did you so, guys know that Gary Bohannon was a Davey O'Brien award watch list candidate? <laughs> we discussed it. I think I, I remember. A oh, few. this is not, this
2: is not brand new. No, this didn't happen today as well. No, not. it was not coincidental timing. In fact, so can uh, I
1: can I say that my my tweet aging like milk this morning about uh, about the whole, you know, Timmy staying behind and being a serviceable backup, et cetera, et cetera. Completely was offset by this when I said, hey, it'd be really funny if USF posted this in 30 minutes. later." Oh, man, it was I was it
0: was art. That was (laughs) fucking art, man. Uh, (laughs) You couldn't have timed it up better. And it was that is the most USF thing that could possibly ever happen.
1: It's like it's i I don't want to be mean. It, it just seemed like it was just a giant dog and pony show. Like they had that graphic ready to go from like when it was announced, and you know, they wanted everything to seem fair on the outside. And i I get it because for if Gary, for some odd reason, struggled during practices and it didn't end up being the starter, like, yeah, that would also look really shitty if you said hey we had this davy o'brien award winner as our as our backup timmy McLean is actually going to be the davy o'brien winner this year but like yeah i I get it from the point of view of what yosef was trying to do protect the the brand and trade and everything like that but that's just fucking hilarious that they had that shit ready to go like if they wanted to gary bohan and qb1 timmy mcclain enter transfer portal and then gary bohan and davy o'brien within an hour would have been just (laughs) or they just put out the release together of McLean going (laughs) to the
0: portal
2: (laughs) and bohan i've gotten a request for this video i'm sure everyone will enjoy watching it
1: I each and every day. Like, whatever it we you're just looking for a way to compete. Let's go! Let's
0: Let's Ready, ready?
2: Same
1: way. Oh, that's nice. We'll look at each other as brothers, try to bring the best out of each other, and love on each other at the same time. Really missed the
2: opportunity to do the QB one one thing, but yeah, great video from USF football there. Um, that throw to Jimmy, oh. Now, as, okay. as someone that had Timmy McLean on my fantasy team... <laughs> let's, I must, let's, get, let's get to the important stuff. I must say that I demand to see the All-22. <laughs> it's like I told Stig, I'm going to be clamoring for like the Snyder cut. They need to release the All-22. Let me see it. Make sure that this was a fair competition. <laughs> right. Now, there's a lot riding on this. Stig, do we give since prior to the
0: season even starting he is, seth has lost a player do we <laughs> allow him that. to go
1: do we allow him to go into the free agency pool so i have i have a proposition here fellas cuz we talked about doing this and i think at this point it's now the only fair way to do this um uh, okay. we 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 nix the QB position as far as the, the fantasy. Well, you know so. what? I would disagree with you. All in the, <laughs> <laughs> I
0: will disagree with you. All. I, don't, I, don't what you if, all. I don't see why. Uh, I
1: don't see what, know. what if, what if we mix the, uh, actually no. Cause like, I was thinking maybe like a weighted scale of, you know, backup playing or something like that, you know, but I, I just, there's, there's no rum in my head that says this is going to be fair because, George, because, <laughs> or, uh, because Gary Bohannon is going to throw for like, Thirty-six touchdown passes this year. I mean, and that's <laughs> that seems like a personal problem.
0: And simply, like Timmy, who he <laughs> should have simply just won the job. You got to. I should, should have, have just had a higher draft Simply won the first pick. The water, I don't know yeah. what to tell you. You should have won. I don't. There's really. Yeah. You know, I mean, I built my entire roster around Gary Bohan, and it was much just like seemed, Jeff Scott. Exactly, it wouldn't seem fair that Not fair. you know. That's I'm sorry. I mean, it's like people who had Cooper Cup last season, right? I mean, or they had Amon Monroe St. Brown toward the end of the year. Like what mm-hmm. it, just because one team had him doesn't mean no. I, I think it's fair It's fair, man. If you wanted Gary, you should have gotten the first pick. Or I mean, in, eyes,
2: in the eyes of Stegen, there's gonna be an asterisk on this championship. <laughs>
1: Forever, so I mean, if you even win it, I don't even know. Yeah, we 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 could have an all. <laughs> they could really go all out and just go into like a, a triple option style of offense where. Oh. At that point, you know everything's everything's on the table. That point. little
2: um, little little bit of a QB win stat. Ooh! You only get points if the if USF wins.
1: Ooh ooh!
2: That's that's, was that's interesting. spicy. That's an interesting take right there. I'll do it. I'll yep, yeah, I'll do it. I think that's I think that's interesting. That's fair. That's well, that's I see, as fair as we're gonna make it. Now we're rooting against USF this year. Right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I've always been pro USF. I've never said a bad thing about them, so it only makes sense that uh that this happens. But um absolutely, Daniel, I would be saying the exact same thing, but also, you know, such is life. I probably would have taken Trey Marsh.
2: Second or third? Now, how smart would I look? You guys would have all called me a big dummy if I took <laughs> Trey Marshall last week, but I would look like a genius tonight.
1: <laughs> yeah. well, it's, I, uh, I try to pull that off too, so it doesn't work.
2: You went, too, <laughs> you went a little too far down the road.
0: <laughs> yeah, you, you, uh, you went you step too far, my friend. But you're one step closer, if we're being honest. You are one step a- closer today than you were last week.
1: Yes, I. that is all that matters to me. And I can be completely frank with you that I I went into a little bit of a panic mode because I was like, after this whole thing went down, I was like, God, did I just like look like a fucking idiot? I messaged yes. all of my sources <laughs> that would know this to know if Jordan Smith has designed plays in this offense right now. And the bad part is, and I haven't heard back. <laughs>
2: <from them on. laughs> we got so, new, uh, new phone. Who dis?
0: So Travis Trickett, <laughs> Daniel De Prado. If you could just respond to Steve. <laughs> real, you, just, someone just, just <laughs> real quick. Just a lot. Just <laughs> put, put me out of my misery. misery.
2: De Prado. I mean, this guy could probably return punch, you know, have you thought about like a music city miracle where you, you throw it back on the kickoff? Yeah. <laughs> there
1: you go. Oh God. Um, could, could we also address the elephant in the room of, of Jimmy Horn here, or should we, should we not discuss that? Is there,
0: is there an elephant?
1: I don't know. Cause I got asked that about 4,633 times within mm, an hour of Timmy announcing that he was going to transfer. If Jimmy was going to transfer.
2: Listen, I think they're going to feed him the ball this year, which is why he was my number one non quarterback pick and the heart and soul of my team. Um, <laughs> so I I think if they if they do give him a lot of touches this year I don't know why he'd leave unless he's gonna get promised the same thing somewhere else but it would have to be I mean especially if uh, if, if Bohanan's as good as we think and he's gonna play two years I think I think you would just stay and write it out in offense you know you know you're gonna get a ton of touches and 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 you'll see and you know, Weaver will probably be going after the end of this year, right? So Yep. You do not have to Jeff- share as much, but you'll still have some guys around you so you can get single covered.
0: It, you know, Jeff Scott has talked multiple times about RDR, recruit, develop, retain. He recruited Jimmy. He's developed him into be a pretty good wide receiver. It's that third one that's gonna be vital after this season. If he pops off, it's gonna that collective's gonna have the uh siphon some money off and make sure that Jimmy stays. Otherwise, it, it would behoove him to play up a level.
2: I main I still maintain that he could start at every
1: school in the state of Florida. I a hundred percent he's probably the best wide receiver in the state that's a sophomore um had to put a lot of clarifiers on that but yeah he's 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 got so much talent that like for usf at least and for him at least it, it doesn't make sense for him to leave at this point i mean he's you know starting my receiver for the team he's going to get plenty of touches the issue is going to be after yeah you know, december 13th 2022 um and from then until onward to ensure that he stays here by whatever means necessary. He could absolutely go to any school. He he could go to Florida and, and be wide receiver one there too.
0: Eric, like it's, it's way too soon for that. Yeah, that's not funny. That's Confused. not funny at all. That You're is are going to hurt funny. some feelings. That is not, <laughs> that is not funny. Well, um, I mean, luckily, I luckily, I Nathaniel does
2: too, luckily Nathaniel Dell's too small.
0: Too small. Too small to play here at USF. Um, I know. I don't... I do not want this to happen. But Anthony Richardson and Jimmy Horn on the same field together would be intriguing. Yeah, like TNT. That's <laughs> <laughs> a lot. Like I totally do not want that to happen. They may they may that'd be fun rec- football.
2: They may fill up at receiver. They've they're they've got like six freshmen coming into receiver. But they'd probably t- they'd take Jimmy if he wanted to come in. I don't. I don't. Th- I really think any school in the state would take him. Most schools in the country would take him. And he. I don't know if he'd start everywhere. He'd play everywhere. He is very explosive and very good with the ball in his hands. Yes. And uh, just has Cincinnati. Yep. I, he good. he also has that kind of it factor you want from a wide
0: receiver. <laughs> Uh, and I, I'm excited to see what him and Gary can do on the field this year. I think Kim and Xavier Weaver have done a, a really good job kind of developing that room um, at use of Terry's uh, kind of coming along. Uh, what was really cool uh, on the, on the video of Gary uh, on that rushing touchdown was uh, that was holding Willis out
1: there throwing that block. Wasn't it? He had a catch in that it video was. as well. So Holden Willis is turning uh, some, some heads in practice. They're, everyone talks about like gadget players. You know, you kind of think of like a running back wide receiver combo. We have like a very unique gadget player with Holden Willis being a massive, massive receiving target as well as a pretty damn good downfield blocker.
0: He's that true flex guy that you, that you hear coaches talk about all the time, being able to be in line and, you know, split out in the slot. Uh, he's, he is truly that guy. I'm excited. It just, regardless of what happened today, it's still an exciting time for USF football. I think it's going to be a fun season. I it, they may get their teeth kicked in a few times, so be it. I mean, it's a really, really tough schedule, but it, it's. I'm, I'm excited to see where where the season goes. I, I think Gary can, if Timmy can throw 1800 yards in 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 this offense, I think Gary could throw like 28. I, I just—he's he, just a much better passer against worse teams. I, I mean, let's call it spade a spade. It's going to be worse teams for the most part in conference play than what he faced. I mean, he doesn't have the like—he doesn't have like Kansas on the on the schedule or anything like that. But I mean, he lit up West Virginia last season. He he did it against some pretty good teams.
2: Uh, he beat the uh, the BYU Cougars last year. He did. He did.
1: Um, speaking of which, I after this kind of got uh, circulated and started to hit the market. A.K. When Brett Murphy tweet, uh, tweeted it out, there's been a, a quite a lot of move, not movement, but there's been quite a lot of chit chatter from the, uh, the the pundits out there about USF upsetting BYU in Week One, especially after getting ranked at number twenty five in the AP poll. Um, there, uh, there's a lot of BYU fans that are quite. Quite more worried uh, at this point in their injecture. So they should be. I mean,
0: this entire USF roster is a complete
1: unknown, right? I mean, that's the fun thing about this year, and and frankly, it's why I kind of haven't been really paying attention to the, the odds books and you know the the four and a half win segment. You know, it's it's to me kind of the week to weeks more than the overall season. I, I don't know how you can project anything on this team that has a brand new offensive coordinator that hasn't been an offensive coordinator in a while, a defensive coordinator that hasn't been a defense coordinator in a while, a new quarterback, basically an all new offense at, from at this juncture, uh, a brand new defense, a whole new defensive line. There, There's not much continuity from week from last year up until this year. You know, the only really things that have stayed constant is the, the head coach at this point. You know, the, the staff has had to learn new system and, you know, get things going that way. So and, I don't know and, how. And nobody yeah. could watch the spring game too. And great. yeah, no one knew. Was, as Christy great says, point. yeah, no one's That's a great point. That's great a great point. point by Christy.
2: Great point. <laughs>
0: probably uh, the most important
1: uh,
2: part. Probably the most probably important more. of all those is yes. that nobody could watch the spring.
0: Nobody could see the spring game.
1: No one could. But like, I I don't know what the fuck Trickett has been doing this this entire offseason. Like, I, I know we joke about the spring game not being filmed so that, you know, BYU can't see what's going on. Like how, how is BYU preparing for this offense? Like you, you know, the guys that you have to circle and say, okay, we got to make sure we have them covered, but there's so many new pieces that are going to be utilized this year that, you know, USF just might as well just throw smoke screens the entire time, you know, get swing passes to Holden Willis, you know, on, on a weak side when you have Xavier Weaver and Jimmy and, Choffrey Brown on the left. Like, th- there's so much potential of what this offense can be that it's like, I, I don't know how you can really project what's going on.
2: Yeah, it's not going to be the same thing they saw last year, that's for sure, in personnel or scheme. So, <laughs> and uh, Eric, I think this was more, uh, I think this was more in terms of quality depth, right? Isn't that kind of what he was? I'm sure they're bigger and everyone's bigger, faster, stronger now, right? At the end of the offseason, but. He said that in spring in terms of having quality depth and having feeling like he had a, like, you know, he was using the full 85 scholarships on quality division one players. Is that how you took it, Nate? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think it was
0: more like we're not dropping off from like, you know, a starter to like
2: me. A walk on. Yeah. Like we're the COVID year where you had like walk ons playing every week and starting for you. It's not, right. It's not like that. You got, I mean, you just look at the linebacker room now. Like USF had had to play walk-ons at linebacker the last few years. Look at it now. You you're, you feel really good about four yep. or five guys there now.
0: Yep. Um I think that's I think that's it for the night. I think we've covered it. We've hit the major points, we've hit the high points, the low lights, um everything in between. Uh there's potential that we're back with another podcast this week if Jeff Scott says something juicy on Tuesday, <laughs> um, and I've got I've got some eyes and ears uh, that'll be at the luncheon on Wednesday as well. So we'll uh, we'll keep you guys posted. Um, I just oh, on Saturday, what's happening Saturday? Steege up until Friday at like midnight, right? People can still use your discount code Steege five for five dollars off your USF Bulls Block Party ticket. Correct? Yes. Perfect.
2: Thanks for so, the detail.
1: Yeah,
0: you're Appreciate welcome. It. Uh, <laughs> so I'll be out there. Samantha will be out there. Um, we'll have we'll have some fun. Yes, Seth.
2: Wednesday night, the greatest show to ever hit VSN Suncoast, which is brand new. Oh yes, <laughs> next levels. Wednesday night at seven. Watch it. If you watch it and send me a picture of you watching it, I will put your name in the credits the next week. How about that? Then three people can see your name in the credits. How about it? Next level VSN. You can, uh, you can see my tweet here, find it on Roku, Apple TV. It's a streaming app. Download it. VSN suncoast Wednesday at seven show. And then the following week, these guys are going to be on and they'll be on every week. And we're going to pick all the games in the state of Florida. And whoever has the best record at the end of the year wins a big trophy. I'm excited to win. Let's see. Hold on, I have a trophy here. You yes. guys can tell me if this is kind of what the style we want to go for here. Hold on.
0: That's pretty good. Do you want to go something like this? Ooh, yeah. Yes. What's, what? What trophy is that for?
2: What? What's this, the actual? This is a. This is the Big Bowl Classic. It's a, a game in my family every year for the bowl games. You can pick all the bowl games and have to pick the spread closest. So it's a lot of fun. Perfect.
0: Well, let's sign off on this, on that note, be sure to check out Seth's show Wednesday at 7. PM. Yeah. We'll, he'll tweet it. We'll post it from the, the house account as well. Uh, make sure up until I think midnight, Friday night, uh, you stick five for t- uh five dollars off the usf bulls block party i'll be there samantha will be there steve will be there um we'll have. i think colin will be there for a little bit we'll have we'll have like a, a daily stampede meetup and uh, have some fun you know enjoy some enjoy some drinks adult beverages and you know kind of talk about the up- upcoming season and then uh, you know if, if jeff scott says something juicy on tuesday uh, about the competition we may be back sooner uh than next week for Seth and Stieg. I am, as always, Nathan Bond. Have a wonderful night. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure you like us on uh, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, download, subscribe, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, everywhere you get your podcasts. This has been the Blue night Podcast. Signing off. Go Bulls. Go Bulls. Go Bulls. <laughs>